Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. Hello and welcome to Inside the Ropes, episode number 87, coming to you live from the ISPS Hander Women's Australian Open at the Grange Golf Club in beautiful Adelaide, South Australia. I am joined by two legends of the game, very clear thinking, very well, um, they're, they're quiet. Well, rounded voices. individuals. Rounded yeah. individuals, quietly spoken, they don't offer their opinions very often. Mike Clayton on my left, welcome Mike. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for coming today. It's been a... Yeah, missing the cut by... Well, we missed by two in the end. My, You're with Christina Kim yeah, again. just reminded me why I exited myself from pro golf. The <laughs> agony of missing cuts by one or two. Did it hurt you as much today as I, it used to? Yeah, I hate it. I just hated it. Just a complete waste of a week. Is that how it feels? Yeah. You put in... You get there on Monday. All the effort, practice, play. Missed by one. It's like the worst thing in golf. And nothing, like literally yeah, nothing for the darn. week. Darn. Darn. Is that darn. what you used to say? Darn. I can't imagine you. I cannot imagine you walking off the 36th hole, one outside the cut and saying darn. We used to go and, we used to go and poor Randy Fox, who was a travel agent in Europe, just get me effing out of here. <laughs> <laughs> was, he, he, he must have heard that 60, 67 times. A Friday, every Friday night. Just get me out of this dump. No matter how, you'd be in Paris and you couldn't wait to, like. Darn, darn. The, the things we gave up just because mm. we were so angry at missing the cuts. You like, should you should like, have hung around on, on. Like you want a couple of days in Madrid, you know, just hanging out? Nah, just get me back to London. I think you're only speaking for yourself yeah. here. I mean, I've had, you're a legend on the European yeah. tour. I've had all the stories <laughs> about you when you missed the cut. That was horrible. That, that was voice so horrible. was John Huggin. Oh, yes. Hello. G'day, Huggy. It's, oh, he's here. Nice to be here. It's really good to have a nicely formatted podcast right off the top. <laughs> I think that's the key to our success and longevity. Indeed, indeed. I just want to point out before we go any further that my player from last week made the cut. <laughs> did make the cut. So I'm in a good mood. <laughs> and your legs are feeling much better. Exactly. exactly. Well played. Well, boys, we've just uh, witnessed the last putts made on day two of the ISPS Hand Women's Australian Open. And... I'm not sure what you guys took away from... Well, let's do both days because we didn't get to talk to you guys yesterday. What, what's your take away from the... Uh, before we run through the leaderboard, what's your take of the first 36 holes of the uh, the national championship? Well, I, I, my take on it is I just love this golf course. I mean, I know Mike you know, is sitting there as part of the design team on this, but this style of golf is, is to me, is absolutely fantastic. I mean, the, the, the ultimate chopper could go out there, the bogey guy could go out there and make a bogey on every hole. If he set out to make a bogey on every hole, he could do it really easily. It's only when you start to try and make pars that it gets difficult, and obviously these players are trying to do that, and some of them are getting into trouble. But if you, if you just wanted to make a bogey on every hole, no problem. 
just knock it up the middle, knock it near the green, pitch on, two putts, move on. Seems, yeah. seems to me, Clades, before you talk about that, there's some fantastic risk-reward holes in the, in the sense of the more you bite off on a hole to get the big reward potentially with the approach, yeah. uh, you know, the more trouble you invite into the game. It's, it seems to me to be a fun course like that. Well, I like what Tom Doak's take on risk-reward. He said, that's for dummies, with respect to you, Hazy. But... <laughs> <laughs> He said you might call this podcast with all due respect because I reckon I'm going to get a few here today. <laughs> he talks about what we try the multiple shades of grey. So every yard you go away from the ideal spot, a yard more difficult your next shot. Mm. So you know the greens were angle to reward play from one one half of the fairway. But that's only if other. you're trying to make pars. If you're trying to make pars, yeah. If you're trying, I think the greatness of well the old course mm. and Royal Melbourne is it's a really easy course to shoot 90, but a hard course to shoot 67. Whereas Coulomb, for example, is the opposite. It's a really easy course to shoot 67, but a really hard course to shoot 90 if you're a bad player because it's infested with water and you can make sevens and eights all day long. And how does that make me an idiot for referring to risk and reward? Well, no, I think risk and reward has got connotations of black and white. Okay. Whereas Doak talks about multiple shades of grey. And the old course is the ultimate. Mm. It's not risk and reward. It's multiple shades of grey. And... You know, we saw with Seve, who had left in 84 at the Open, hit that great shot out of the left rough. But, you know, he had to hit the great shot because he'd bailed at 40 yards left of the out-of-bounds fence. Yeah. So it gives you a chance. So, so it's not just black and white. It's yeah. like, you know, but if you bail away from the trouble, your next shot is exponentially more difficult. Point taken. I'm, uh, that's one, one Clayton, Neil Hayes. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm in trouble early. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, let's get to the leaderboard uh, before we talk too much about... Um, more architecture. Uh, two players at the top of the leaderboard, Huggy. I don't think anyone would have had either of them uh, remotely near it at the start of the week, but they've both played fantastic golf. We have Wailing Shi from Taiwan, a product of the Swing Skirts, um, I guess, campaign to, to proliferate talent in Taiwan. She's doing done beautifully. 65 round one and followed it up today with a 69 to sit at 10 under par, 134, and she was joined late in the afternoon by Madeline Sagstrom, who played really well yesterday, but I understand she just said that was one of the best putting rounds she's ever put in in her life, to shoot no bogeys on a, mm. or an afternoon of reasonable breezes here yeah. at the Grange. Yeah, that's that's the round of the day. It's not the lowest score of the day, but no. it's the round of the day in the conditions that she faced. And I, I watched a bit of her this afternoon, and I was really impressed. I'm, I'm not that familiar with her. Or her game, but I was really impressed with her swing. I thought she hit the ball beautifully. Yeah, she's kind of good. She's like Anne yeah. Van Dam of yeah two years ago. Yeah. She yeah. was kind of put up on Instagram as, look at this swing. This kid's really good. And mm. Anne Van Dam sort of taken over that space as that watch this swing. This is amazing. But she was she's yeah. really good. I would so imagine she, that sorry that Katrina Matthews th- sitting back tonight thinking, well, my team's starting to shape up nicely. And I was just going to mention Solheim the Solheim Cup, Cup because yeah. she has played Solheim Cup once previously, mm. Madeline Sagstrom. I think she was a captain's pick maybe last time. And she told me yesterday that basically she spent all of that year, which would be 2017, am I correct? Yep. Yep. 2017, uh, worrying about it and trying mm. to be trying to prove to herself, if anyone, that uh, that um, she her game was up to it. Mm. Um, she's much more relaxed about it this year that she'll play. If she's good enough, she'll get selected. If not... So be it, but yeah. I think she's come with a better attitude. That's kind of the, <coughs> excuse me, the, the amateur mentality. In amateur golf, you, the big thing is to make the team mm. or team, you know, and then 
you're not actually thinking about playing well once you get there. The big thing is making the team in the first place, and you forget about what comes after. As pros, they've got to think about you know actually playing and beating the Americans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who, are the, who are the favourites for the Solheim Cup this year? <clears throat> I would imagine the, the Europeans would be slight favourites just because of the where it is, and especially if the weather gets a bit dodgy, which it where may they well do at Glen Eagles. So what, the fourth best course in Octorada? The, 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 the fourth best course in Octorada, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> as, as someone once wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so and, got in, and got into trouble for. Yeah. Did you get into trouble for well, that? Well, no, not really. Yeah. But I that's I don't care. About isn't that? that why wouldn't they play the Kings Course at Glen Eagles? Well, I went up there before the last Ryder Cup was mm. there, and I had a walk round, and I came up with a composite course mm. of eighteen holes from using all three courses. Because the Queen's Course is fantastic, right? There was a couple of holes in the middle of the Queen's Course is perfect, and mm. it was started on the the course where the what's it called? The, the PJ Centenary course. course yes. That's what it is. Started yeah. on that course, then kind of moved over to the Kings. So you played one hole and then got off it and got well, to the Kings. Well, it was Queens. actually two or three. You had, oh. you just had to logistically, it had to be that <laughs> way. But it, where it finished, the best bit of the course I came up with was the finish. The last three holes were the thirteenth, the par four thirteenth on the Kings course, which, which is a great course, a great Braids, hole, yeah. Braids Broest, <coughs> which is the best, Braids best. Yeah. It's the best par four on the on the premises. Yeah. The short par four, 14th hole on the Kings, which is drive all perfect. From so the start point. of Pedro O'Malley's correct crazy finish where he made two. That, yep. that would be the 17th, and then you'd play the, the 18th on the Kings, perfect. which is just over the hill from the 14th perfect. green. Perfect. I mean, perfect finish for match play instead of this boring uphill par five that nobody could reach for the Ryder Cup. Yeah. It's, it's nonsense. Pity. If, if uh, only we were in charge, uh, I was, I was like, f- the world of golf would be so much better. I've just got a phone call from the Octorada Tourism Commission. <laughs> Huggy, I'm not sure. No, I think the the people at Octorada Golf Club were all in favour of it. They, <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, boosted up from fourth to third in my ranking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I better straighten this back up and look. Continue looking down the leaderboard. Um, a couple of early rounds today. Hannah Green uh, from Mount Lawley in Perth. Had the lead alone for quite a while this morning. Jumped out and got it to eight under. She was four under overnight. Got it to eight under. Finished with a, a bogey from the short-sided sand on seven. And then uh, made a magnificent pass save on nine, her last hole, to preserve a 69 to stay at seven under. Uh, she was joined at that number by Nellie Corder, who had eight birdies in a 66 today. Uh, had that many that she couldn't even count them when she came off the course. She had to go back through her card to answer a couple of fairly routine questions from Justin Falconer. And late in the afternoon, the big move from a very a player who's very familiar with this course and who loves it dearly. I think she's probably in the Mike Clayton fan club of uh, the West Coast redesign here. Haruna Mura, the 2016 champion at this very venue, had a, had a cracking round in the high winds again, or the higher breeze of this afternoon. So 70 yesterday, 67 today, tied third with uh, Corder and Green at seven under, three off the pace, and I'd say pretty well positioned and looking as promising as she has since she left the Grange three years ago. Yeah, I mean, the the, the two at the top, they have created a bit, of a, a bit of a gap there, obviously, three shots to the next ones, but there's some pretty chunky names there piled up behind them, and you've got to figure that, you know, multiple and two or three of them are going to play really well over the weekend so it's far from over it's certainly not a two-horse race at this point interestingly to me clates i was staggered by this i'll have to explain it a little bit jody hewitt shadoff who was uh 65 and joint leader overnight carded at a 73 this afternoon wasn't upset at all she just said she battled a little bit in the winds didn't have her best putting today 
said to me in a quick little interview I did that she'd rather be at six under and chasing than at 11 under and having the pressure of the lead on her. Strikes me as being odd. What's well, not? That was never Tiger Woods' view of yeah. the state of things. But there's always a fear of losing and the fear of embarrassment and the fear of messing up. And, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're tied for sixth after two days and you shoot 70, 71 and finish tied for seventh, that's a top 10 finish and you make a chunk of money and you, no one notices and, you know, you're not actually under the... It's, it's easy to finish second or third in a tournament. It's really hard to win. It's actually hard. To, Scott Hoke was a classic. I always thought, here's, you know, I read on Twitter somewhere the other day that Scott Hoke gave Felder the Masters. No, here was a bloke who was presented with his chance to, his lifelong, Doug Sanders, same thing, Hubert Green at Augusta, mm-hmm. his lifelong chance to make it, you know, it's your lifelong dream and you've got a three-foot putt to do it and you can't get it in. And it's not easy. I'm saying it's easy, but, you know, oh, Hoke should have won the Masters in, well, actually, they gave it to him, basically. There's a three-foot putt, get it in. He couldn't do that. Mm. Sanders couldn't do it. Sneed couldn't do it against Lou Warsham in 1947. You know, it's freaking hard to win tournaments. So, you know, if you want to... What happens at Darn? Yeah. If you, you started off yeah. so conservatively here, and you're just really <laughs> winding into it now, aren't you? But if you, you know... But you're right. The fear of losing. The fear of losing is much stronger. Why wouldn't you want to be where she is at the top? That's my point. I was, I was staggered because I, I mean, Jody, you at Shadoff must have been Huggy, a really talented junior player. Mm. She must have absolutely torched junior fields and elite amateur fields at some stage to get where she's got to. She must have known the joy of winning at some point, even if not on the LPGA Mm. tour. But the fear of losing, as I said, is 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 stronger in some people, and 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 it's a. But gets to be very public. It's on TV, and mm. you know, I'm not. You know, she's Which good player. She's won tournaments, and you know, it's. But you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting mindset, I believe. So she's uh, one clear of her countrywoman Bronte Law. Uh, you, Lou, the ex- the antithesis of Sherman Santi Wewa Thanapong. Um, we were out with her last week in Thirteenth Beach. She's really good. Good player. Really good. Slow as slow as a. Ken Brown would say slower than well, soil erosion. But, yeah, but she's very good. But, but your predictions, Mike, have, have not been too stellar this, you know, this well, last week. I'm not going to name Miriam the players. Lee, Miriam Lee's 69 today. Well, she played yeah, well today. She was the, one of the two players I wasn't going to mention, but since she did, she was the one that you thought was going to be a world beater. Well, she shot made 78. Well, she made and the seven other th- girl who said, you said was hopeless, she shot 66. <laughs> I mean, come on. You've got, was to, hopeless. you've got to do better than this. Come on. Come on, you boys. You lose. But Miriam Lee, Miriam Lee was 69 for, where's she? No, we'll come down. She's we'll, good. We'll come down to Miriam Lee. Miriam we might good. do the Lee power ranking. Karis da- no, Davis is going to be in the Solheim Scott, Cup Scotland's team this year. number one. Karis <laughs> Davis is going to be, is, is Katrina and Matthew likely to grab Karis Davis well, for the Solheim Cup this year? She'd have to jump ship. If she was going to do yeah, that, she, well, she's oh, got, uh, well, her she, skin is pasty enough for her to jump ship and without, without anyone noticing. <laughs> I've, I've officially yeah. lost control <laughs> of this podcast. Well, we need a time know, out. If you were we really, if one. you were really Scottish, you wouldn't have said pasty. You would have said pilly wally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness me! This is out of control. Yulu, Yulu is at five under alongside Bronte Law and Chris Tamoulis, the delightful American who had an eagle from 93 yards on the 13th today, chipped it in. She hit a number, hit, a, hit it to a number. I'd like to get your thoughts on this, actually, now that you, you called me an idiot for my um, 
um, Shades of Grey yeah, or whatever it's grey. called. Um, she hit a hybrid to a specific number, and she hit it perfectly. Well, Mark Mark Brody, uh, shots to shots to hole. Mm-hmm. The expert statistician completely debunked that myth of playing to a number, <laughs> and, and and proved that the closer the closer you are to the green, the lower your score. Yeah. So laying up to ninety three was a, that was a myth of nineteen eighty. Well, Krista Mullis debunked that today. Well, because she, she fluked the hole out, but. Uh, um, <laughs> If you can get it 53 yards away as opposed to 93 yards, Mark Brody showed More he'll often. score lower. Yeah. To Clayton, Neil Hayes. Yeah. He's, he's on fire here. Keep going. I'll try my best. Um, <laughs> Marina Alex is a very accomplished American player. Carlotta Saganda in the world top 15. Mario de Tanagan also in the world top 20. Jin Young Ko. Gabby Lopez of Mexico loves coming down to Adelaide. She's uh, also very handy. Tied 10 at four under. We're missing some... some uh, we've got some big names there. Elena Sharp's been up and down like the proverbial for the last two days, and she's four under alongside Amy Yang. Who is terrific. Absolutely terrific. Terrific player. What do you got on her, Clace? The old Gold Coast? Well, I, Sue I played against Amy Yang in Chicago when I came for Sue in the International Crown, and she looks like she swings and hits the ball. She, uh, the ball looks like it'd go 200 yards, and it goes 280. Is that right? Yeah, it's just amazing rhythm and... She's a beautiful player. Fantastic. That's encouraging. Uh, Celine Boutier, the champion at the Vic Open last week. Karis Davidson, Dana Finkelstein, the American. Uh, Charlie Hull had one of the rounds of the day today. Huggy, um, you're the minister for Charlie Hull by default here. <coughs> yeah. 66 today. You know, yesterday she shot an eagle to open her tournament and then five bogeys. Yeah. Couldn't we, find a birdie. Yeah, Today we, she shot six birdies and nothing else. Yeah, we watched her uh, over the back nine yesterday, and she just started cheap, the flurry of missed putts. I mean, she, and she got a bit impatient, I think, and a bit testy, and uh, that was part of the contribution to the 75 that she shot. But she played really well today. I watched the I think 10 or 11 holes of her playing with Bronte Law, um, and then, then I wrote about the English girls who are. Basically, they're not quite in the same numbers as the men in terms of doing well, because the English men are doing incredibly well. And there's 13 of them, I think, in the world top 100. There's only four English women, but that's still a pretty uh, good representation. Does it hurt you sort of deep with you <coughs> to talk so positively I, about English? I'm gritting my teeth, yeah. <laughs> but he's always got Karis Davidson to fall back that's on. Right. That's true. And Karis Davidson is one of the players at three under par and a massive logjam tie for 17th. Of the others there, uh, there's two big names from Australia's perspective. The world number seven, Minji Lee, who threw her arms back in celebration on the 15th for making about a 12-footer. She, I think it was two weeks' worth of torment came out of her arms there. I think she's well well enough placed. I'm not sure. There's still a lot of players between her and the mm, lead, but yeah. seven shots is still uh, time there. Kari Webb, of course, the other one, who was had a good fight today, didn't have the magic, but gave up two key shots. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, Clates, on the tee at the 14th rolled it over and it was left of the bunker at the front left yeah. under the tree on the on the left and had nothing to work with to that front left pin. And what, whiffed it in the bunker and made five? Uh, chipped it up, landed on the green, rolled into the right bunker, blew it past the hole with her third and then missed the putt back. Part threes in the back nine are difficult. Really genuinely narrow, difficult. Long, narrow greens, playing a proper length. And you've got to rip a four iron in there or, you know, four, or, or even longer. They're hard, they're, they're difficult holes. The par threes here are good. i tell you what's going to happen tomorrow is that, assuming the weather's to be similar to today, which I think it is, somebody 
in that area, two, yep. three under, yep. is going to shoot a really low score and is going to be right there by the end of the day because if it gets harder again in the afternoon, the leaders will at best stay still and maybe we yep. can come back a bit. So somebody in that group there that you just mentioned is An going to Angel shoot 65 yeah. or 66. Angel Yin's really good. Miriam Lee, there she is, 73, 69. You'll go. It's, it's not, it's not going to be her. So, you know. one of the, so one of Won't the, be her? No. One of the players <laughs> that, uh, in a share of 17th is Jung Lee Six, the world number 20. Who's fantastic. She <laughs> is a, a <laughs> jet. What a swing she's got. She's a jet, Clay. I don't know if you're being facetious. I've, no, I watched her. She's okay. terrific. She She's a genuine star. in. Well, she's already made in Korea. Yeah. Let's mm -hmm. not beat around the bush. But to the rest of the world, she's going to be a star in the making this year. My good mate, Justin Falconer, wants us to do a uh, power ranking of the Lees in the field, Huggy. Right. Yeah. So we're, she, by default, we talked about this because she's Jung and Lee six. Yeah, how many it do we have? just goes by six. <laughs> she, six. She's happy to be, you can go out and say, go six, and she's all over it. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. She genuinely loves the six. So there's Minji, even on this number, there's Minji Lee, of course. There's uh, Miram Lee. Alison, Alison Lee. Miyoung Lee. Lee. Jacqueline Lee. Jacqueline Lee, yep. So do you want Jason. to give him power rankings, Clates? Your favourite lead six, in the field. Six, six is the gun. Better than Minji. Yep, she's fantastic. So you're putting six at one. Six at one. <laughs> yep. This is going to get really confusing Indeed. very quickly. Yes, very quickly. Oh, right, we'll just go with Clates. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so he's the Lee expert. I was on six. the range yesterday at, in the morning and I saw Stacey Peters and I said, six over there, Jin Young Carver there. We need to get Australian kids who can play like that. Because they stay in the range and their techniques are brilliant. If they were men, they'd be... Well, you know, we talk about... Jeff Ogilvy talks about the career men. He's, you know, they stay on the range. Perfect swings, perfect shots. The Korean women have figured out how to play. Mm. When the Korean men really figure it out... I mean, KJ Choi, obviously, and they've had some yeah. really good players, but one of them is going to figure it out one day and he'll be, he'll be the best player in the world. Yeah, the Ben Han is very good. Yeah, he's terrific. He's, he yep. is good. Uh, of the other uh, names in the field to have made the cut, Catherine Kirk is at one over par... Huggy's uh, compatriot, Katrina Matthew, a former champion of this tournament, one over par. Um, a big, nice charge today from the world number one to get back up into contention. I'm pretty sure she's made it. I just have, might have skipped by her Aria name. was one over, yeah. Area Jatanagan, there she is. I just skipped over her name. Three under today. Uh, we all well, she may be the 65 I was talking about, but she, even then, she's, a, she's an awful long way back. So she's at one under, one over rather. She's yeah. 11 shots off the pace. In in journalistic parlance, Huggy, that's the classic organisers breathe the sigh of relief mm, when story, so. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I saw her hit but three or four shots today, and my goodness, she gives it a right, doesn't yeah, it? It's great fun to watch. Yeah. She there was a massive gallery around Kari Webb's group today, and uh, also in the, sorry around Hannah Green's group early in the morning, and as good as that golf was from those three women, which uh, that was uh, in, included. Uh, Lauren Stevenson and also Sarah Kemp. So two Australians in the group. There was a bigger gallery around area Jatanagan, mm -hmm. just watching her yeah. pound the ball. She's yeah. a phenomenal player to watch, yes. um, which leaves the cut at two over par. Uh, amazingly, we've got a beautifully neat number of 70 players. Mate, we never normally have that. We always have some catastrophe that we <laughs> get 85 players through. I'm uh, not speaking on behalf of the players' union there. There but were three over. Who, yeah, that, they, uh, 
players at three over would be delighted for a catastrophe of yeah. 86 <laughs> players making a week. cut. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Uh, Rebecca Artis, unfortunately, was one of those at three over, uh, but not the biggest name by any stretch. Mel Reed uh, at three over. Uh, Sarah Jane Smith missed it at three over. Uh, we thought we were going to have Yuri Ishida in as the low amateur, but she dipped out. Aditi Ashok was gone. The biggest, the biggest shock today, though, by without any stretch, uh, without any fear of contradiction, I think, yeah. Huggies, Georgia Hall, the reigning women's British Open champion. Uh, I think the 79 that uh, the 79 that Georgia Hall shot um, would override what you're trying to get me to, Clates, because that she was cruising along well inside the cut, three under yesterday. And 79 today from Georgia Hall, Huggy. That was... Um, yeah, she had an eight early on at the, yeah. uh, the fifth hole. Yeah, that kind of um, set the tone, really, after that. I mean, she just... She, she hold a birdie putt in the last screen, and her reaction said it all. It was just total dejection. She couldn't even raise her hand to the yeah, crowd, could exactly. she, really? Yeah. So it was fascinating. Now, Clayton, I know you've got a different opinion on who the biggest... Oh, no, to no, form. no. Equal, Lydia Coe, 77, that's it. Yeah. What'd she do? Well, she was in big trouble today on several holes. Um, I saw her take a drop on the side of the sixth, but she also had a double bogey on the 11th. Uh, I, d- I didn't see how that came about, if I'm being perfectly honest. That was her front nine, so she's made three bogeys in the last eight to miss the cut by... By a couple. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, a bad, yeah. it's a bad week for her. She's better. And she's super light to sort of let anything get in the way, but you can tell it just eats her up. Mm. Um, she still signed and posed for autographs and... Sorry, pose for photos, signed autographs, all that sort of stuff. Just as only Lydia Ko really can. She's the world champion at that. Uh, Beatrice Ricari is another big name to go. Marianne Scarpnord had an ideal chance to uh, make the cut, but missed a couple of birdie chances late on and missed it. Uh, looking down the field, Laura Davies bit the dust at, th- at five over. Mo Martin at five over. Emma Talley was pro- talked up before the week. She's finished at five over. Cheyenne Woods at five. Uh, and unfortunately, Clates, I've got to talk to you about this. At the very bottom of the leaderboard, which is unfortunate, um, is little Sue O. Yeah, she was awful this week. What do you put that down to? Because this is a tournament that she covets. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, she was. We were spoke about it last week a bit about it, a little bit smoke and mirrors last week. Played well, but she had a lot of ordinary shots last week. I thought, and she was awful this week. So. You know, she's an interesting conundrum, really, Sue, to me. I think she has a great mind for the game, a great temperament, great demeanour. I think she battles with her technique a little bit at times. I, I watched her play, <coughs> excuse me, nine holes, um, no, 10, 11 holes. There was an awful lot of weak yeah. and right shots. Yeah, she hooks it and blocks it, and, yeah. which is all technique-driven. And I know she's working hard to kind of repair that and work it. But so she's a, yeah, that's in, she's... I'll tell you what, though, commendably, you would not have known. You would never know. You would never know what she scores. She looked exactly the same as she always did. And she tried. I mean, if that, you know, on the men's tour, on the men's tour, she'd have walked off the 18th green, which was her 27th hole, and half of them would have pulled the back injury and Mm. gone to the airport. Mm. But she grinds out the back nine. She plays every shot for what it's worth, and, you know, it's a lousy week for her. But the good thing is she's got two, she's got 80,000 dollars on the main list so she's in the top 10 of the main list she's got two no-cut tournaments coming up in Thailand and Singapore then two weeks off so it's a perfect schedule for where yeah. she's at I'm really surprised what I when I look at her card and there are nine bogeys here no birdies mm. 
as a chopper, you're a much better player, Huggy, than me, obviously, and Clate's the next step up again. I try to keep sixes off my cart. Hmm. I figure you shouldn't be... If you're going to have a good score, you probably shouldn't bogey too many par fives, and obviously you don't want to double or triple on the shorter hmm. holes. She's got a couple there on the par fives. That's not her game, because she can get home to most of those. Yeah. Well, on the... the this is, it's, I was smiling about this. It, wasn't, it wouldn't have been funny had it actually happened, but on the, the 13th where she took six... Um, she almost killed her parents uh, with her second <laughs> shot. She just missed them and, and headed off under a bush. It's unplayable, but it didn't miss her parents by very much. Well, I think I'm going to cut our losses here because yeah. uh, we've, I thought Clayton was going to tear me apart earlier on. He's He's no, done well, has he? He's done beautifully. Yeah. He was a defen- <laughs> defensive in the last 20 minutes there. He, I played defensively. Yes. <laughs> it took him away from yeah, the trouble area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was 50 shades of grey or whatever the... What, no, but it's good to see the Taiwanese playing well. You know, I grew up watching. I watched Mr. Lu Lu Lang Wan, yeah, runner up in the Open in 1971 to Trevino. Terrible yip, and sh- terrible yip. And Shane Min Nan win the World Cup at Royal Melbourne in 1972. And we played up in Asia, and the Taiwanese were terrific players. And they've kind of gone off. They went off the ball for the men for for a while, but. They were beautiful players. Mm. Shame in now was an amazing player. Just never missed a fairway. Well, Great swing. Awful putter. They, they put on such bad greens up there. They all finished up with the yeah. hips. I saw Mr. Lou on the 11th green at Muirfield in the 1972 Open mm. miss a short putt, and it was like a snake in his hand. Yeah. Club. I mean, it was the most incredible yeah. thing I'd ever seen. Well, Shame in now was the same. They were yeah. awful. But they won at Royal Melbourne. I mean, how, yeah. how, how can yeah. you win at Royal Melbourne with a... Dodgy putter, but they were beautiful players, so it's good to see them. Yeah, and of course, Clayton is well. referring to Wailing Shi, who's the joint leader of the Women's Australian Open at the halfway mark, alongside Sweden's Madeline Sagstrom at ten under. Uh, three shot gap back to our uh, three players tied for third: Hannah Green, Nelly Corder, Haru Namura. A whole swag of players poised to strike tomorrow if the leaders stumble at all. John Huggin, thank you so much for um, guiding me through this Clayton minefield. My pleasure. I just hope the people listening make some sort of sense of what we said in the last 25 <laughs> minutes. Clayton, thank you so much for just leading 2-0 and not really pasting me. Thanks, Hazy. Nice work. And that is episode number 87. It was the devil's number for, for some sports in Australia. I think it's been a devilish podcast. <laughs> thank you so much. We'll join you for number 88 tomorrow. With Christina Kim. Christ- hopefully... Think- Hopefully, hopefully with Christina Kim uh, on in train and God knows where that's going to go. I'm Mark Hayes. Thanks, everyone.